Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. It is November 30th. That is 30 days of September, April, June, and November. Last day of November. That is. Wait, do you do that? Do you do that trick? I do the knuckle trick. Do you guys know the knuckle trick? No, what's the knuckle trick? This is riveting for those that are listening to the audio version, (laughs) but you start on your knuckle here on your index finger. Yep. You go January, February, you count each half knuckle. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. And the part that works is that, you know, July and August both have 31 days. So you double oh, count. You go back on the other this side. final okay. knuckle. Okay. August, Please September, speak, October, speak November, December. That's right. So if you're on a knuckle, 31. If you're off a knuckle, 30. I have that literally I've never heard that. That would have been yeah. so much easier no. as a kid. Well, you know, um, days, that's Island of Foster Moreau, Knuckle yeah. Trick. We all have our things that we know and don't know. Someone got like really mad at me for not knowing not about knowing the, the Island of Foster Moreau. <laughs> Who would that have been? Um, I will not name names, uh, but yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that Foster Moreau existed prior to his fantasy football touchdown streak. <laughs> that's so good. I love that. All right, really quickly, we want to let everybody know, Kyle, who is normally here with us. Kyle, who's normally here before us. I'm nervous. It's his first day I think I've ever seen Kyle be sick. Kyle is not here. He's not (laughs) monitoring our chat today. So chat, if you want to throw some love, hit up at Kyle Soppy ESPN, say get better. He's feeling fine. He's just a little bit under the weather. No big deal. Everything's going to be all right, but he's just not here today. And we never are without Kyle. He's like our saving grace every day. I'm not going to be able to get any questions. Either. You guys know that Herm Edwards never missed a practice or a game during the NFL I believe career. It. I believe yeah. it. I believe so, it because I remember we used to do the draft in New York City. I, he would get up at 4.30 in the morning. I would be pulling like all-nighters to do the injury stuff, but he got <laughs> try and go down to the gym yeah. for a break. He's on the treadmill at 4.30 in the morning. So Good mood and all. Different, yeah, of course. Yeah. He's Herm. He's shipper all the time, but it's a different era, right? It's a yeah. much different era. I mean, even guys like... I laugh when I see some of these NBA practice or air game reports where it's like, yeah, you know, he woke up with a lower back stiffness because it's a back-to-back series and they just don't want to play the guy in the second uh-huh. back-to-back, uh-huh. Back, right? Uh-huh. Different era. Different but era. Kyle Soppy is our Herm Edwards. He, he doesn't is. miss time. <laughs> Like I will text Kyle. I, I'm not a night guy, but I will text Kyle like five fifteen in the morning because the so baby's you get him awake. In the morning, <laughs> yeah. I get him late at night. Meanwhile, he'll respond within thirty <laughs> seconds, and you're like, dude, like this was totally for like, hey Kyle, no rush on this. I need it by twenty twenty four. But <laughs> hey, can you like, tell I, me this? I got you. Yeah, and immediately the, the three dots pop up like within ten seconds. It's like Kyle's already right back. I'm like, dude, I need it by twenty twenty four. That's fine. Like it's I fine. need this. I need this by the next <laughs> lunar <laughs> eclipse. Can I please deliver it to me? He's like, okay, I'll have it by nine. Does that work? Is that all right? I'm like, it's eight. 57 of course it works like i'm in the middle of uh surgery but as soon as i get out i promise i'll get those open over heart surgery by yeah. the way they told me to put my phone down but i the grind never stops uh we're gonna talk about some news today we got some miscellaneous fantasy that we're gonna dump the bucket out on we've got some news or noise and then liz loza is gonna join us as she always does on the wednesday awesome. show so stefania let's start with some news where Aaron Rodgers says good news on testing, and he plans to play against the Bears. What's the good news? Is there you know, more touchdowns left you, in that? You really got to go to the Pat McAfee show to hear from Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah. what I've decided. Every that week, is the I place. go. In, that's where I go, yeah. and then I hear what he's saying to Pat McAfee because basically that's where he tells you everything that's going on. So let me share with you. I had to write some of the stuff down, but he basically said he got good news with the scans yesterday, so he plans on playing. He said, and I quote. 
Earlier, he took a shot in the game that kind of rattled the rib cage. And originally, we'd heard that maybe it was an oblique. He said he tried to stretch out at halftime, realized it probably wasn't muscular. And then he got hit again in third quarter hard, and he said he had a hard time breathing. And that was when he went back to the locker room. You saw him going back, and he wanted to get x-rays. And he referenced this, which is interesting. He said he prides himself on not coming out in games, but he was in, quote, considerable pain, felt like I couldn't move. Out, uh, out there really much at all. And he referenced seeing Randall Cobb take a hit in the 2015 playoffs that left him with a punctured lung, and he thought it was scary. And so it, it does remind you that players see things, and that, that leaves an impression on them. And he didn't want to be in that situation where he was uh, risking a punctured lung. And then he had a comment about the x-rays in the process and said he'd save that for after the season. I think where he might have been going with that is that a lot of times you can't see much on the x-ray and you really need the subsequent imaging of a CAT scan the following day uh, to basically see if there are any cracks in in the ribs. Uh, But the bottom line is that Aaron Rodgers said he expects to play this weekend. So going from being concerned about a punctured lung to potentially playing this week. Against the Bears. I have nothing to add to that other than you should Always check out the Pat McAfee show with the entire crew of legends, Boston <laughs> so Connor, Foxy, so Tone Diggs. They're all hilarious. They have a really special thing going. We all admire their work ethic and their product and their ambitions. So uh, shout out Pat McAfee show. Do you have a favorite? Like, it's, um, like I have to love Foxy because of the whole. I was going to say thing. like Boston Connor and I are from uh, like we're fair. from similar areas of the we're from the same state, uh, about probably 30 or so minutes apart. So uh, we got we're both dogs. So, oh. You know, love it. Mullet, love the mullet. The mullet. I got a chance to meet him at uh, Colts training camp. So seeing Pat McAfee in his, you know, environment, his element element at the Colts. I mean, and he's just like that all the the time, time. by the way. Never turns it off. the time. Hey, congrats to Pat and his wife. They're going to be parents uh, in March, I think I saw. Freaking awesome, which is great. Girl Dad Club, you're going to love it, Pat. You're going to love it. All right, let's talk one more player here, Stefania. Josh Jacobs hopes to play against the Chargers. I hope that he scores 40 Can I start in? Yeah, I was saying, I hope this also happens. (laughs) Now, Stefania, you can give your analysis. Well, this takes me back to Sunday when we were talking about the fact that he had a calf strain and we were expressing concern about what kind of productivity he could put up because we said, you never know. It was a late add on a Friday with a calf injury. You never know what could happen in a game, especially with a soft tissue injury. And guess what happened? He aggravated his calf during the game. You just wouldn't know it because he came out and hit that 86-yard touchdown in overtime in addition to everything else he did. But Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reported that he did aggravate it. So now they're going to keep him not doing much at all this week in the hopes that he plays. I think he's going to try and go. But again, uh, we don't know how much worse it got. If that's what he looks like, I know on an 86 yard yeah. run with an aggravate, like no, that's come what, on, that's man. what you look like when it's bothering you. But you're on adrenaline, you have a chance to do something big, and then you take a day later, and if you're limping around and it's a little bit worse, you certainly don't want to make it worse. Going, but there's no reason for me. It's two days later. Is that just because I'm old? <laughs> well, is that why? When he when we first heard about it, okay, it was, it was a, a day, day later. later. Okay, yeah. um, I texted my Clay and I asked him. Uh, Mike, can you give me a summation of your projections if Josh Jacobs does not practice in full any day this week versus if he does? And he said, quote, if he does practice in full, I have him projected for 49.3 points in the first half. If he does not practice in full, that number drops to 48.3 points in the first half. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Limited. 
Limited. If he's limited, you got to obviously knock him down just a little bit. It's the best matchup in the NFL, by the way. If the Chargers Higgins, are allowing more yards yes. per carry than any team in the NFL. So the Chargers obviously really good offensively and defensively in a lot of ways as well. But their Achilles heel has been the run defense. Don't say Achilles. Ooh. Oh, Josh Jacobs with a calf. Sorry. You know? okay. uh, their weakness <laughs> has yes. been defending the run. Yes. All right. Uh, let's talk about some miscellaneous fantasy. We'll dump out the bucket. This is a Wednesday, so we do rankings here on Wednesday, like talking it. about the guys that we like. We? I want to talk about Ken Walker the third. Mm, okay. Ken Walker the third has been inefficient and touchdown dependent, and I said it. Okay. Period. When you look at what he's done, last two games, 24 carries for 43 yards. 65.4% of his points as a rusher have come on touchdown runs. Mm-hmm. He has been uber efficient at finding ways to get in the end zone. And that is really tough to be able to continue to count on week after week. However, yeah. it's been happening yeah. and he is the guy within this offense. Mm-hmm. And so in spite of those inefficiencies with who he is and with how often this offense is scoring points, I still love Ken Walker this week. Have Maz wide uh, running back 13 field. You've got him at running back 13. Liz has him at running back 12. Here is my question for you. Seventh round rookie Isaiah Pacheco just put up 15.6 fantasy points on this Rams defense. Is there a chance that Ken Walker III, in spite of the inefficiencies that he's had as a runner, can reach that 15.6 fantasy points? Yes or no, Phil Yates? Absolutely. I have Miss RB13 on my board this week. I'm less concerned than you are about these past couple of weeks, Daniel, because here is how Kenneth Walker has performed in the one, two, three, four, five, six games that he has started for the Seattle Seahawks. 21 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. 23 carries for 167 yards and and two touchdowns. 18 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. 26 carries, 109 yards and two touchdowns. The past couple weeks have been bad, as you mentioned. 10 for 17 and then 14 for 26 with two touchdowns. But in that week in which he was inefficient as a runner, he had eight targets. So yes, he did. You know, I, I, I hear you that it has been less efficient and perhaps that is a little bit of a warning signal to some. I am going to dismiss those two games as much more of the aberration than they are the expectation going forward. So I think Kenneth Walker has a really fine and dandy finish to the season. Oh, by the way, the Rams could be without Aaron Donald on Sunday. 15.6 fantasy points. You're taking the over on that. I'm taking the over. I'm yeah. going to take the over on it too. I, th- I also think that field, but I think it's worth mentioning that like there have been some things the last yeah, couple games that have slowed him down a little bit. He also <laughs> is like a spectacular touchdown finisher like that. We're not quite on the level of Jonathan Taylor last year or Derrick Henry over like the past four years, but I think there is something to be said that like one of the better finishers in the NFL and there's no other back on the roster that's a threat to take away goal line carries yeah. from Ken Walker. Not even close. All right, Stefania, who do you want to talk about here? <laughs> want to or felt like I should. Felt like you should. Uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, because I think this is interesting. We got excited maybe about the possibility that he was going to go to the Bears, maybe have an opportunity. He wasn't doing anything with the Steelers. We thought, well, maybe he'll get some opportunity there. We saw the Bears starting to open up their their playbook, really, as Justin Fields improved. We saw more opportunities for pass catchers in Chicago. But really, it was Darnell Mooney who was the big beneficiary. Um, but now... There's no more Darnell Mooney because Darnell Mooney is out. So does that mean more for Chase Claypool? Well, if you look at the game against the Jets, he had a couple catches for 51 yards, and that's the most yardage he's put up since he's been with Chicago. He led the receivers in targets with five, but he only had two catches. But Cole Komet, mm-hmm. still the biggest uh, target Tar- most heavily targeted player, I should say, yep. uh, with six targets. So Cole Komet, still a thing. Cole Komet, to me, might be the favored 
uh, receiver, whether it's Justin Fields that plays this weekend. We don't know if he's going to play his shoulder. They uh, Matt Eberflus said it was uh, he was unable to protect himself in the way that they wanted him to. He felt like he couldn't uh, play and and have the strength to do what he needed to do as a quarterback. We talked about that on Sunday. This is really, he has to be able to function safely and effectively in order to be out there. And and when he can do that, he'll play. So it's possible he plays. So I don't really know what to do with Chase Claypool in the mix here. I think that he's not ranked for a reason because you can't really trust him. But I think he has an opportunity to perform better. And he might be just someone to keep an eye on or a deep stash because as you go into the playoffs, if it starts to become a thing, he might be somebody useful. Chase Claypool, the trade is effectively a 2023 and beyond trade. Like the more and more I think about it and the more that we see out of this season, it's clear that the Bears have their vision set on 2023 and maybe five years after that of Chase Claypool. It's a second round pick that could end up being one of the five or six top second round picks in this year's draft order. So it's a premium price to pay. There aren't a lot of great free agent wide receivers next year. There aren't a lot of, and we'll, we'll, we'll see on the draft. You never know this far out, but the current wide receiver group does not stack up in the way that last year's and the year before's, and really the year before's draft class stacked up. So it was almost like the Bears are using their long-range lenses that we got to get ourselves a guy who can maybe be the best available player amongst free agents this offseason. And it's less about what he does this year. So especially if, as Stefania said, there's no Justin Fields on Sunday, it really limits the value of Chase Claypool. So uh, I do not have him ranked as well. I probably got a little bit ahead of myself in assuming he would have a more immediate impact in Chicago. I think we all still, did. We all wanted still, it. still, Darnell Mooney's gone. I do think he's worth rostering. Like that's this is the thing. Yeah, I, no problem with that. I mean, that's fine with thing. having him at the end of your bench, especially because if Justin Fields comes back in, in non-Justin Fields games, it would be tough. But if Justin Fields comes back and yeah. you see a little bit of this chemistry begin to develop, I'd have to see. Like it, it would take some. It's tricky. Like, Here's the only reason. The only thing that I would push back on is that unless you play, if you play through week 17, which most people do, a lot of people do, we have five weeks left. You're not starting him this week. The Bears are in a buy next week. Yep. So if he has a great game this week, then maybe you're getting three weeks of utility right. beyond the buy. But if he has a bad game this week, he has a buy next week. You're not starting in week 15. 15 All of a sudden 16, it's like, all right, 17. championship yeah. round. Am I yeah. playing Chase Club? I, I think it's fine to add in stash, but it would like absent a breakout performance Amon this Ross Sunday. Brown type resurgence at the end of the year. That is probably yeah. fine that if he goes quiet this week and you need a bench spot because there are six buys next week, you can drop Chase Claypool. What about Kyron Williams field? Can this he one's exist? on my mind. So yeah, it's an interesting one, Daniel, because I think what's clear is that Adam Schefter's intuition and information on the Rams interest in making him their guy was accurate, right? Since he came back from that high ankle sprain, his role has grown and grown and grown. The Rams offense is just a complete shell of itself. And it certainly sounds like that could be the case for the rest of the season. They've been non-committal on Cooper Cup. They've been non-committal on Matthew Stafford. Allen Robinson was placed on IR yesterday. All things that make this offense less explosive on top of the fact that the Rams have started the different offensive line combination in every game this year. Every single one. Not by design. By injury and other necessities. So... Here's what did stand out to me from Kyron Williams' performance this past week is that he played 39 snaps to 16 for Cam Akers. Mm -hmm. That role is already good if yep. it continues to grow in terms of snap percentage. That's very valuable. He ran 20 routes, just five for Cam Akers, and he had 14 total touches for 60 yards as opposed to eight for 37 for Cam Akers. So it's clear which one's more valuable, right? It's clear which one has some passing game upside. Kyron Williams not just good as a pass catcher, 
awesome as a pass protector as well, which is another way to keep yourself on the field. The limiting factors here for Kyron Williams are fairly straightforward. How much rushing production will there be? And will he score any touchdowns? Because they're so bad on offense right now. It's going to be a tougher sled. That being said, who do they play this week? They play the Seattle Seahawks, who just surrendered 303 total yards to Josh Jacobs, which is why Kyron Williams is running back 26 on my board this week. Make a lot of good points, Field. I don't feel super great about it because I haven't seen a whole lot, but the matchup is fantastic. And you look at the numbers like they're obviously utilizing him from that standpoint. Chris Godwin. Right back to me. Yeah. That's you too. This This is me as well. So this, if I had told you this, I don't think you'd believe it. But did you know, so Chris Godwin comes out in week one, probably played too soon Mm. or at least too much in week one, bangs up the hammy right away. Yep. Misses two games. Since week four, in the exact same number of games, he has the exact same number of targets and catches as Stephon Diggs. Wow. I would not have guessed that. You would not have guessed that, right? And you're like, Stephon Diggs is one of the, I don't know, the five most valuable fantasy wide receivers right now. The big difference is that Chris Godwin was not scoring touchdowns until recently, as he has scored now in back-to-back games. So sort of my hypothesis here on Chris Godwin is that, remember coming into this season, it was you might be getting a top eight or so wide receiver at like wide receiver 24 or 25. Let's assume that Chris Godwin has normal luck going forward with touchdowns. There are six games left. I'm not saying he scores every game, but I'm also thinking over the next six games, it would be reasonable to expect three touchdowns. That's right. Half a game. And, you know, if you think back to last year, I mean, Chris Godwin really started off the year as Brady's preferred target. Yeah. I mean, Mike Evans. He was the year. He was the preferred target until he got hurt. By by far. By far. In terms of targets. And I think now, as he starts to get back, the Mike Evans thing is not there. That's not working. Yeah, it's, so been to me, about like this is the, Brady and Godwin. Who's he going to trust the most? There is Chris Godwin. So it makes sense to me that as Chris Godwin's get more confidence and he's playing better yep. and he's healthier, that is naturally going to fit. So I'm highest on Godwin amongst our rankers this week at wide receiver 14. Not so far ahead of the curve, but still <clears throat> a little bit. And my thought is that not only has he registered touchdowns in back to back games, so he's proving that he's like not allergic to the end zone. Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans on Monday night. We've talked about that plenty of times on this podcast. And the only reason why I don't have Godwin ranked higher is, well, there are two reasons. One is that Brady, just for whatever reason, finishing drives hasn't been nearly the player he was last year. Maybe that's more systematic. Maybe that's more the entire offense is dealing with that. And then two is Godwin's yards per catch is down. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think that's because Chris Godwin's lack of explosiveness or anything like that. I, he looks kind of like Chris Godwin. I think it's because the offensive line's so banged up. They have to get the ball out quick. Yeah. They're, they're so banged up. And by the way, Tristan Wirf's now out for three to yeah. four weeks. He's their all pro right tackle. That's be huge. So anyways, this is a long winded way of saying that like your patience paid off with Chris Godwin. Yep. I know the touchdowns. Obviously you'd love to have those, but even when he wasn't scoring touchdowns, he was getting you like 12 to 14 points per game with the kind of volume that he's seen right now. Stephon, like Stephon, Stephon Diggs, Diggs volume, yeah. right? You're thinking to yourself, you might have a top 10 or 12 wide receiver every single week if he just gets normal touchdown luck. Again, he might, of, of the remaining six games, if he scores three touchdowns, which I would consider normal, eight, eight, nine touchdowns per year for Chris Godwin seems a reasonable ask, half a game. That to me re- represents a top 12 or so wide receiver. Boy, I would love that because I have so much Chris Godwin. And we all, <laughs> so we all that would did, be great. We, I mean, like I, I, every week I'm like, oh yeah, Chris, got to plug him in, right? Like right. Mike's projections do like him for good reasons. Love He's getting insane volume. 
Well, I want to talk about a wide receiver as well because I love revenge games, guys. Ooh, do you? Let's just talk about this. AJ Brown with the Philadelphia Eagles coming on to take on the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Do you remember how this one ended? No. Tell me how this one ended. AJ Brown was not happy. There was some. There was some subtweeting. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Remember all that? Yeah. So this is, uh, and I have. I should have probably refreshed myself on all the specifics, but I think AJ Brown and the Titans. Obviously, never no team ever talks about contracts publicly and never puts a player out publicly about his contract. But it seems like AJ Brown believed some were creating the perception that he had like either I think it was they weren't offering him anywhere near a respectful enough number, and it was almost like the choice was made by them that this had to happen, right? As opposed, so I think uh, he was a little bit less than thrilled with the way that things concluded in Tennessee. Obviously, he's very happy in Philadelphia as he has been super productive. Last I checked, they're 10 and 1. And they're winning. Yeah. They yeah. are. Yeah. And, for their, right. and, and for the Titans, for their fa- for their matter, like by hook or by crook, yeah. they're right there back in the mix, right? They're yeah. atop their division. Uh, it's not a great division, obviously, but still, they are atop their they're division. A and offense, yeah, so. yeah they, they sure are. So, revenge game is definitely on tap. Here's a question. It's just fun. I just want to ask the question. Each of the last two weeks, the Tennessee Titans have given up at least 20 fantasy points to the wide receiver one of the other team in this revenge game for A.J. Brown and how he feels against the Titans. You think he gets to 20 points? You're not Mike Clay. I'm not saying you need to be Mike Clay with projections. I'm just asking. Well, first of all, Mike Clay would like to be me as a wow. fantasy projections. All right, Mike, you out there listening? Probably <laughs> not. Probably probably not. Mike's probably, probably not doing listening. projections right now. He apparently doesn't think so because yeah. he's only got him for 15.46 points. Why does Mike um, hate everybody? Why did, and why does yeah. it have to be two decimal points, by the way? That's a great question. Like, I would love to like... 15.5. Come on, Mike. Like, if you were to imagine the most valuable things that could be stolen within our country right now, <laughs> Like there's probably a ruby somewhere Mike that's Clay's worth like laptop. fifty million, right? There's probably someone who's yes, Mike Clay's laptop is one of them. Like there's a subsequent like. Uh, do you guys ever watch National Treasure? Of course, Nick one Cage of my favorite movie. movies. <laughs> National Treasure three, Mike Clay's computer gets stolen and Stop Nick Cage it. miraculously discovers it somewhere. Oh my gosh, I would freaking love that. It'd be a great. That movie, would be. I love it? the National Treasure movies. Are just so they're just like adventure movies for adults. Totally, they're like good, clean fun. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mike Clay's computer being stolen. Meanwhile, Mike is somewhere right now, like sprinting to a security store. I mean, now, come on, <laughs> Stefania. Hold on, we're dorks. Mike is a dork, dork though, right? Mike's He's computer the king of dorks. has yes, and he. By the way, we love Mike, and he know he would tell you the first thing, right? But like, do you think Kyle's ever seen National Treasure? <laughs> Kyle's never Kyle's never seen Good Morning America. Kyle Kyle's never seen Sports Center. Kyle's like what's TV? I know we made him the yeah, Matthew made him do the nope the Well, it was company to be fair. Well, that's fair. Company obligation, but I think I think we should do a National Treasure like date night. Like our entire fantasy focus crew just as like an adult crew make sure Kyle gets to have some and maybe we can like come up with some good Mike Clay hijinks. You know what I mean? Yeah, see I'm not doing it. Nothing wrong with that. the answer on I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with no one. You're gonna go with no on the 20. I know that's a big number, but it's just, you know, a revenge game I wanted yeah, to talk about. Yeah. By the that's way, you remember high. when Traylon Burks was drafted to be A.J. Brown? Hey, he's coming on. Hey, he's he was on. hurt. It took a little bit, Back but these off. last couple weeks have yeah, been better. Whoa, no. I didn't even get to finish my I sentence. Know, I just but it's said, not fair to put that it's, on him. It's taken just a while. a youngster yeah. who got hurt. All right, let's talk about the next guy here. Kadarius Tony, Stefania Bell. Yeah, and this is less about Kadarius Tony and more about what do you do with the Chiefs wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a little bit about Kadarius Tony. You know, how many games has he played this year, guys? I'm going with two. Six. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> it tells you you have no idea yeah. how many he's played. He's played five. Five, two hey. Two games have been two. with... I know, five. I was way but off. Two is with the Chiefs. Oh, okay. And really one and a half, half right? yeah. if you go one game and then the one where he got hurt. So, and and all to do with injuries and hamstr- hamstring injuries in particular. And when he came over to the Chiefs, there was a lot of concern about this uh, chronic hamstring injury situation that he found himself in. And then he had that first game and everyone was like, oh, can't believe the Giants let him go. And then he had the second game where he left and everybody was like, Oh, that's uh, what oh, happened. That's why. Okay. So let's talk about, um, since it's not clear how long he's going to be out. He didn't practice at all last week. We don't know if we're going to get him back uh, this week. McCole Hardman on injured reserve with an abdominal injury. Yep. Juju had a concussion, missed a week, but he came back last week. Yep. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Justin Watson, Sky Moore. How do you value all these? Typically one to three catches per player. Sky Moore actually led the team last week with five catches. Had was also being used on punt returns. That's not going to happen again after he fumbled on Third the time. punt return. Last, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. That's, that's not going to happen again. So stick with wide receiver. Yeah. So we don't know. If, if you get Kadarius Tony back in the mix, how are you as a fantasy manager looking at these Chiefs wide receivers? I think this is really tough. You've got a high-powered offense. You know somebody's going to get points. It's critical fantasy matchup weeks. I don't have a great answer. I would be hard-pressed to trust Kadarius Tony based on history. Yeah. Um, and I don't know I where I'm answer, leaning because they've all looked good at different at different points in time. Yes, I'm leaning toward Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm being funny, right? Right, like, right, right. No, well, but yeah, he is the number one pass catcher that, like, on their team, without a doubt. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in passing yards, and yeah. yet we're like, who do you play besides Travis Kelsey? Um, I think it, we probably it's probably been borne out. Like, yeah. it's Juju is like a top twenty five ish receiver. MVS is like a top 35-ish wide receiver, and then everybody else is, if you guess, you're guessing right. Dart and throw. even Juju, it, I don't want to say is a dart throw, but there's a lot of fluidity yeah. within yeah. that right. ranking well, he was there. He was not playing the same snap allotment last week, his first game back from a concussion, which you would think is more conditioning. It's not like they're going to play him out there if he's half concussed, right? right like right. No, it's no, probably no. It's more, more like, probably conditioning and yeah. just planning. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's just hard to trust any particular... Oh, man. Pass catcher, and if I am somebody who has Kadarius Tony, I would just I would be hard pressed to trust him in Same. the first game back. And I'm not saying that this week will even be the first game back. I don't I don't know what they're going to get out of. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'd want to see it for a couple of weeks before I put in my fantasy lineup. It's just especially a shame though, we're because we're, you're looking for fantasy points. You yeah. go to the high powered offenses. That's how you play this game. You look for who's going to catch guy the ball. with a ton of skill and right. upside. Supposedly, you just can't stay healthy and be on the field. So frustrating. So frustrating. All right. Let's talk about the Jets backfield field. Yeah. So I I wanted to bring this up because I feel like maybe we've underplayed it the past couple of days. Uh, Those out there who aren't aware, Michael Carter left the game early for the Jets this past Sunday. It's a low ankle sprain, according to Robert Sala. He's not been ruled out for Sunday against the Vikings, but there's at least a possibility he won't play. And James Robinson has been benched. Jonathan Taylor, you know, yeah. Yeah, those, exactly. you don't yeah. always come back right yeah. away from those. They're real injuries. And so on Sunday, John, uh, James Robinson was benched. He was a healthy scratch. And I'm not positive that that changes. And if it does, it's not like I expect him to have a big role on Sunday. And Ty Johnson might have a decent role. But more importantly, Zonovan, we call Zonovan. him Bam Knight, Bam. former NC State standout. I think has a chance to be the lead back in this Jets backfield on Sunday. And guy who just was like all sorts of explosive in college, you know, there are a million good college running backs, which makes it so hard to evaluate 
like whether you should pay a premium pick on them or not. But he played 30 snaps this past week. He had 17 touches. He had 103 yards. Uh, the most productive passing game back, I think, this Sunday, if Michael Carter is out, could well be Ty Johnson. It's a good fit with what he has done well in his college and pro career. But I still want to leave out Zonovan Knight, whose value I think would creep up into like a top 25-ish play if we got clarity that there is no Michael Carter on Sunday. Pass the eye test to me. And Robert Sala was raving about him after the game, like talking about how much of a spark he provided for that Jets offense. And clearly they saw something in him before the injury to Michael Carter yeah. because they played him over James Robinson. So while I don't know if they expected 103 yards, they expected something from him if he got opportunities, and he certainly made them look smart this past Sunday. Heck yeah, 17 touches. Like That's, that's legit, yeah, right? That's, yeah, legit. that's legit. That's a lot of volume here for him. So I'm really interested, like you're saying, field, especially with no Michael Carter, to see how this backfield works out here this week. I want to talk about Christian Kirk. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. It's because you guys talk about the Detroit Lions so much. I'm not going to let you hurt me anymore. I'm going to own this. <laughs> yeah. Christian own Kirk. All right, here we go. In 11 games this season, 12 times has a wide receiver scored 18 or more fantasy points against okay. the Detroit Lions. So that means more than once per game, right? There's at least two wide receivers that scored at least 18 fantasy points against the Detroit Lions. Eight times has a wide receiver hit 21 or more fantasy points Enter Christian Kirk and this offense. I think that Christian Kirk is going to reach this number. Okay. That 12 other wide receivers has hit in 18 fantasy points. I don't know what Mike Clay is thinking. I don't know what Mike Clay's rankings are. I don't know why he hates Christian Kirk this week. I've got it's very him at, personal. Yeah. It is very, I think it probably is. I've got Christian Kirk at wide receiver 10. Mike has him at 15.6 fantasy points. Okay. I think to go along with this streak, Christian Kirk scores over 18 fantasy points this week. Wow, interesting. So the yeah. only reason why it's interesting to me is you just brought up Zay Jones not that long ago. I know. So are you all in? Like, are you? He's, you basically you know he's everybody gets touchdowns. I know in this what game? it is. I'll tell you fun. what. Yeah, he's trying to reverse, reverse jinx, jinx it. it. Yep. Yeah. What can I say, guys? <laughs> uh, I got some stuff. We'll save. I got some things I want to say on Zay Jones. We're going to save it. We got news or noise coming up here in just a little bit. So okay. we'll talk about that in a second. All right. But at least one of these Jaguars wide receivers is going to score 18 fantasy points. Do you think if you were going to choose one of them? Yeah. I'm not saying that you're projecting it. If you're going to choose one. Yeah. Christian Kirk. Kirk Christian Kirk. Zay Jones. Yeah. yeah. By the way, so Lions, Jaguars on Sunday. Let's see over under on that game. Uh, a lot, probably. It's like 52. Here's a fun fact for you guys. I play in a fantasy league. That's cool. That is fun. That is a good yes, fun just fact. One. That's my fun fact. That That's fun? cool. With <laughs> nine esteemed NFL mascots. Uh, you guys know Blue. Yeah, of course yeah. I know Blue. Colts mascot, friend of the program, friend of all of us. Just friend, mm-hmm. real friend, real life friend. Great guy, all-time great guy. Um, he wanted to get together and make a league. And so uh, there, there's 12 of us, excuse me, not, not 10. So no, it's a 10. bunch of mascots and you? Yes. Oh, this... This is fascinating. It's really fun. I am now really, it's interested really fun. in this league. And who did I play this past Sunday? Jackson Deville. Oh, nice. <laughs> was he wearing a speedo? Uh, well, I got. I, I don't know that I'm at liberty to describe exactly. I'm not sure I mean, I'm allowed to reveal why this? how this all came. I'm not down. sure yes. I need to know the answer to that question. I don't know. I finally you have, to, have to have seen this. Okay. The meet. He goes if you haven't it, seen it yet, you have to go look. Just use the internet for five seconds. You'll find it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did ask him the 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 why behind the. Uh, quite scandalous attire <laughs> that he was rocking on Sunday. And uh, I'm not sure I'm, I'm allowed to reveal this. I'll ask him later off camera if I'm allowed to express or allowed <laughs> to share the story behind why. But yeah, this league, it's hilarious. Right? Wait, because, did, when you drafted, yeah. did they come as a mascot? No, we had to do, unfortunately. Oh, so here's the, the funny shoot. part is that we, this kind of came together a little bit late in the preseason. And obviously they're, they're from all over the country. We have Toro, who's the Rams mascot, all the way to, I guess, Jackson. Sourdough salmon. 
Uh, Sour to Sam is not in. Nope. Uh, we've got Toro. So we've got Blue. Yeah, we've got Miles. We've got Jackson Deville. We got Freddie Falcon. Uh, we've got Victor the Viking. Uh, <laughs> we've got. Did I say Toro already? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I said Toro. What about the Wolf from Kansas City? Uh, we don't have the Casey Wolf. No. Um, gosh, who else? I'm, uh, this is so bad. Rampage. I said Rampage. He's Rams. Wait, he's Rams. Go. Toro yeah. is the uh, the Texans. We're putting yeah. you on the spot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blitz Seahawks mascot. Yep. Um, excuse me. Um, who else? I, I, I'm. Okay. Do they make you dress Bottom up in something? <laughs> yes. I have to. Yeah. So after every, if I lose a matchup, I have to wear that team. With no. Um, <laughs> God, I'm, for, oh, Sir Purr's in there as well. Sir oh, Purr's Sir Purr, of course. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, it's a great league. It's really fun and uh, funny as well. So um, I played Jackson DeVille on Sunday and There's I was so nervous about saying anything because like if you lose and he wore his birthday suit to work. <laughs> What's he gonna make me do if I lose? Uh-huh. That's yeah. a great question. I do. I would. I definitely want to know what the league punishments are. I, I have so many questions about this. Yeah. league. we'll have to continue. To, we have to find a way to do something with this league. Oh, totally. They're yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. they're all great. They for all the pot. And they're all we have to very find fun. some way to do this. For the game, over under is fifty one and a half for this okay. line. I said fifty two. So you were live in Vegas? Are you? Are I, you Deborah Kazarian? <laughs> Deborah. I don't know. That like, was Deborah. a female name begins. What would you prefer? Would you prefer instead, Darlene? Darlene, <laughs> Doris. Oh my God! Uh, what do you think I was born in the fifties? I don't know. Field, <laughs> stop it. Sorry. Wait while you're ahead. Would you? What would you prefer? Uh, it's a female name that begins with a D, because you know Doug D. Uh, just, yeah, probably Donna. <laughs> no. Stop. <laughs> stop. Okay. Donna. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about Raheem Mostert. Oh Stefan, you're taking on the San Francisco 49ers. I love revenge games almost as much as you love revenge games. I'm still stuck on these 1950s names. Yeah, <laughs> Dolores. That's it. You, you need to quit. Okay. Now. <laughs> How about Danny? Danny California. Yeah, we can oh, do that. Yeah. We can do that. We can Great do that. Great album. Yeah. Great album. Now you would have impressed RHCP, me if you'd right? gone there. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Duh. 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 <laughs> okay, it's wrong. wrong. The, Sorry, no big deal. The music, music I'm, me, the, the music aficionado here, right? Okay. Like, I can How say happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Talk to me after. You have demerits for your <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mostert, from Let's go back to California. Yeah. Raheem Mostert, back in the San Francisco days, now plays for the Miami Dolphins. And guess who's going back to San Francisco this week? But the Miami Dolphins. And Raheem Mostert, I wanted to bring this up because he has uh, struggled with a knee issue of late. And we've seen a lot of Jeff Wilson Jr., also former 49er. And so the question for fantasy managers has been, if you've held on to him, what do you do? Is this a complete role change? Is there still a role for Raheem Mostert? And I say there's a sneaky role for him this week because Raheem Mostert really, really wants to play in this game. Uh, The knee that's been bothering him, my understanding is it's not the knee that he had surgically repaired in the summer. He's actually done very, very well with that, despite the heavy workload that he had early in the year. And uh, if, if nothing goes sideways in practice this week, I fully expect him to play and be very uh, have uh, heavily involved is not what I want to say, but have a decent role in this week's game. Unfortunately, the problem for fantasy is that you're going to split the difference between him and Jeff Wilson Jr. You're probably not going to have a clear leader there, but I think if anybody can have a big upside day, uh, potentially even against the stalwart Niners defense. I mean, if anybody knows how to play the Niners defense, it's Mike McDaniel, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah. So I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, as you. She is. She is reverse jinxing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Two of you. you talking into an existence. No big deal. I think Raheem Mostert could have it. I could think he could have a decent day, but more importantly, uh, don't write him off for the year. I, I definitely think he's back in the mix and, and maybe doesn't have the, you know, he's not going to, be as valuable as he was in the start of the season when he was clearly 
outpacing Chase Edmonds, who just wasn't a fit for that offense. Uh, but I think he has a bigger role. I would not be writing him off. I'm just trying to think who am I playing against? So, you know, Justin Jefferson, the, the Vikings play the Jets. You know, he, if he could, he could have a big day on Sunday. <laughs> Just going for the reverse. Just going for the reverse chase against, against this. I think with Raheem Mostert, uh, Raheem Mostert, you still have to roster because if anything happens to Jeff Wilson Jr., he's going to be that guy. It's going to be tough for me to start him if I know that Jeff Wilson Jr. isn't hurt. Yeah, because, I'm in the same boat. You know, but like he is a guy that is still going to be utilized within this offense. For fantasy, it would be tough for me without Jeff Wilson Jr. Though. Yep, tough matchup in the split backfield. I I do lean towards Jeff Wilson Jr. But all as the well. Saying, but are, I totally agree with Stefan. You may be in a situation where you might need to. That's right. If, if and next week, or, next week when everybody's on by, uh, he's somebody to consider. Sixteen team leagues warp our brains. Oh gosh, yeah. because we play in I play in two maybe three sixteen team leagues, and it's like. Yeah, like you're laughing at me for starting Raheem Mostert. I'm like, dude, I'm starting Giovanni Bernard who played. Yes. He didn't even play a snap last week, so don't laugh at my Raheem Mostert start. Right? Meanwhile, in a ten team league, it's like, yeah. So I'm choosing between Josh Jacobs and, and Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, it's like really tough. So I don't really know which way to go. Like, yeah, so playing just, with ten team but leagues. But I think you know, you you have to be looking for the the guys who maybe people have overlooked or they've dropped recently or somebody who might be able to give you a spark somewhere when all else fails. All right. That's it for our dumping out the bucket for our rankings field. Do you want to pay some bills for us? Is that a thing that's going on? Well, Daniel, you just asked me a question. Geico asked this question. How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I'm so glad you asked. I would love that field. Duh, you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus add an easy-to-use Geico mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. News or noise? Who thought of this segment I back love in the day? The drop. It's always so good. So good. It's Did you think of this good. segment back in the day? I think, I think I you came and up I with knocked it. our heads yeah, together. Yeah. Not no, not no, in, in a way that would be dangerous. And we yeah. said, let's call something called news or noise. And then I think somebody pilfered. Yeah, it. someone. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> possibly. I won't name any names. Uh, I, my favorite friend's character is Matthew Perry. Actually, no, yeah. he was my least favorite friend's character. I don't know he why really I thought was. of that, yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, he was my yeah. least favorite character. A little bit of news or noise here for you today, week thirteen. Let's jump into this really quickly. Zay Jones. Crushed it last week. Field Yates, 11 catches for 145 yards. News or noise on this Zay Jones performance and whether or not he's going to continue to smash against the Lions. Well, I like him enough this week. I've got him as wide receiver 32 on my board. It is a good matchup, as we all know. We've talked about the Lions cornerbacks a million times this season. I think the tricky part with Zay Jones is that it's hard to figure out when he's going to have a really, really busy week. So I will call it somewhere in between, but I I will call it... Noise. Noise, okay. <laughs> because I think if you're expecting something like 10 or 11 targets and he's been up over double-digit targets in back-to-back games, I don't know that that's a guarantee. He has five games this season with at least eight targets, and he has four games this season with five or fewer targets. So yeah. nearly a 50-50 proposition, whether he's getting strong volume or not a nearly enough given the touchdown production for him this season to have him as a lineup lock. 
I kind of like all the Jaguars pass catchers this week because there is a chance this is a shootout game against the Lions. So this is more noise than news for me. I think we know who Zay Jones is too. Like this is part of his game, right? There are some ups and downs here based on what the defense is going to give the Jaguars. So there are games where you have Zay Jones games and then games where, like you said, there are a few offenses and it's, it's certainly not the Chiefs in terms of level of production. They don't have a Travis Kelsey, but as we know with the Chiefs wide receivers, it's hard to figure out which one's going to be busy on a given Sunday, but you can reasonably expect that at least one of them will be busy on yes. a given Sunday. Also, they love him. They do. I mean, uh, as back far back as training camp, wide yeah. receivers coach was talking about how great Zay Jones is. So I think, you know, based on uh, performance, there might be a little, That's little boost, a little, little lean towards Zay Jones. Mm. So finally, speaking of performance, Mike White <laughs> scored almost 25 fantasy points last week. News or noise on Mike White legitimately being a fantasy contributor at the quarterback position well the way it was framed on our sheet was can he be and I think yes he can be that's the news I mean he showed us this week with over 300 passing yards and a couple of touchdowns and they are playing Minnesota Minnesota is a team that gives up the six most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks there it's going to be a high scoring affair most likely because Minnesota is going to put points on the board so they are going to have to respond the question is will he be you know, I see that you got where you guys have them ranked, and we've we've talked about with quarterbacks. It's all relative to who your other options are. So if you've got one of your key top ten starters, you're not uh, necessarily starting him. But in a two quarterback league, I think he's certainly viable. Uh, if you have a sudden need to replace a quarterback, I, I don't think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play, so I don't yeah. think you're going to have to replace Aaron yeah. Rodgers. But it's a possibility. I would certainly consider it. He proved he can do it. Only two teams on a bye this week. Field <laughs> feels yeah. laughing. So if, no, 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 no. I'm not laughing. I'm not. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> with Stefania like it, it someone's going to do it yeah, yeah. someone's going to start Mike uh, Mike White this week and be rewarded for that audacity because it's a very good matchup and the Jets have it? plenty of, of of pass catchers that are that are really useful players you know who might do it you somebody who had Russell Wilson yeah. as a starting quarterback Ugh. then replaced him with Andy Dalton yeah. which worked out for a while yeah you might do it you should uh, do it this week maybe Mike White that's is a, a good, good scenario now, that's obviously that scenario. a 15 it's a 16 team right. league so it's a little right. bit different Here's what I will say, and I'm not here to defend Zach Wilson because obviously it was time for a change from the Jets. I will say this, though, that like, could there have been a better matchup for Mike White to take over as the starter in? Like Zach Wilson's last four games, it was like the Broncos, the Patriots twice, and the Bills. And then Mike White shows up and gets the Bears, who have two, their two best players on defense that are still there. And they lose a couple more during during the game. I I get it. it It's a good matchup this week with Buffalo hovering next week. So this may be a one-week experiment, Stefania, but under those circumstances, it right. would be newsworthy. And, we're just, and it would be newsworthy for this week, especially when you're at a point where every single game matters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every Absolutely. single game sure matters. Yeah. All right, let's talk about A.J. Dillon here. Can A.J. Dillon yeah, repeat be quick. what yeah. happened last <laughs> week? Here's the thing, really quickly. 11 touches for 88 yards and a touchdown. It yeah. was his first touchdown since week one. It was his first week having double-digit fantasy points since week one. I think this is more noise to yeah. me than it is news. Moving along. That's exactly right, Dick. I mean, what else do you need to hear besides the fact that he hasn't scored since week one? So at an 11-week gap, generally speaking, like my players to score more than once every 11 weeks. Should Dalvin Cook managers be concerned, Field Yates? It's a tricky one, Daniel, because if you go back and look at his last four games, he has over 14 fantasy points just once. And when did that 14-point fantasy effort come? Against the Bills. And that game against the Bills, he had an 81-yard touchdown rush. Now, to be clear, those count, right? They certainly do. If Absolutely. you took away every player's biggest rush every single week, it'd be a much different game that we are playing. That being said, he was largely contained in that game. 
But the matchups have been pretty tricky recently, right? As we just talked about with Zach Wilson and some of his matchups. Last week, Dalvin Cook played against the Patriots, who've allowed two rushing touchdowns the entire season. They've been a really, really stingy defense to opposing fantasy running backs Mm -hmm. throughout the year. So I think it's noise in this regard. He's still a top 12 play for me this week. Running back's a really difficult position to find players, especially with some question marks this week, like Najee Harris, uh, even the 49ers. We'll talk about more in just a second. So it's, it's noise, but I feel you if you're a Dalvin Cook manager because I've needed Dalvin Cook to come through more over the past month. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to add. It's just you want to have more. Dalvin Cook is really good at football, and you're going to keep starting him because of who he is. Yeah. Like, that's really it. Stefania, <clears throat> speaking of starting, guys, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Boy, here's the thing. Christian McCaffrey has not been heavily utilized in the ground game in San Francisco, but there have been yeah. some injuries here with these running backs. <clears throat> news or noise on the fact that CMC not getting a ton of work on the ground game here in San Francisco. Well, it's legitimate news because there is an injury concern with him. So in that regard, yes, you're watching the injury reports. You want to make sure that he actually plays in this game. Now, I fully expect him to. I think this is, uh, he's dealing with some tendonitis load and management. need. It's, it, yeah, load management, as Field is saying. I think, that, I think the load management will come in the form of the practice reps this week. I think the anticipation is that he will play. But the question is, how will he be utilized? And it may be, to your point, Daniel Moore in the in the receiving uh, game, they may split up the, the carries on the ground with a whole variety of players because – Jeff you know, Wilson Jr. is now going to be playing for the team that's coming to visit them along with Raheem Mostert. Yep. And they may be using a mix of Tyrion Davis-Price and Justin Mason, Jordan Mason. So, a little more Debo maybe. Yeah, right. and, and Debo back to being a wide back maybe yeah. because yeah. of Christian McCaffrey's. So that part is news in terms of how it's going to roll out. Here's the thing that's not going to change. You're going to start him. Yep. You're going to start him. Yep. Yeah, that was you know, when, when the trade went down, my take was – He's still an RB1. It's just that the days of him being ranked one or two on our board every single week, probably not nearly as likely. He's going to go down to like five or six, maybe seven or eight, depending on the matchup and his health. And that's where we're at with, with Christian McCaffrey. He's still a bona fide super duper star. But if you know if you were at, I know we do this all the time, but if you were to do the final six weeks of the season, the number one player in fantasy, Austin Eckler, right? I don't know if CMC goes three, five, seven, but probably somewhere in that range as opposed to number one. Probably we'll have some games where he could be one or two and games where he'll be like eight to ten. Yep. That's how it goes. That's how it works, especially when you have so many different options within this offense. All right, that is news or noise. And now it's the best time of the year. Did you guys know that? Football season is in full swing. Basketball and hockey have returned, and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Make up for lost time and go out and enjoy a game. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase with code FFF. That's code FFF. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Liz Loza also happens live as we welcome in Liz. Liz, it's so great to see your face. I love being able to have you on these Wednesday shows. I love doing the Sunday show with you as well. It's just super fun to be able to have you here to chat with us. Actually, it's just me. It's not really us. And I want to ask you a question on my note, Liz Loza. Oh, my gosh. I just looked down at the screen, and you have an awesome Pokemon sweater on. That is an awesome shirt. I just want to say that right now. Shout out to you. Thank you. Yeah. Let's uh, bring some electric-type uh, electric type energy to Ooh. a little playoff run for a lot of managers, right? I see what you just did there. All right. So let's talk about the Loza blocking metric because <laughs> I see a whole big thing about the Loza blocking metric on our page here today, Liz. Why don't you go ahead and break down part of what this is? 
Well, it's a blend of statistics that both Kyle Sapi and I kind of came up with. I was really, I feel like the trenches get ignored a lot in football in general, not just fantasy football and the efficiency, as we've certainly seen with the Colts, right? That's like a prime example of the offensive line is really key to discovering whether or not, particularly in various matchups, when we face, you know, defensive line units, um, whether or not players can be effective. And so we kind of brainstormed a bunch of statistics that we thought might uncover efficiencies or deficiencies in both defensive lines and offensive lines, both pass blocking and pass rushing, um, and then run defending and run blocking. Um, And we've been calling it the Loza blocking metric for pass blocking and pass rushing. There are four different metrics for the rushing component. And... um, there are seven for the running component. So it's um it's it's just like it's you know, it's a little chemistry experiment. It's just a chemistry experiment, no big deal. All right, so like with all of this <laughs> that you and Kyle have put together, and we said Kyle, unfortunately not here today, but probably the smartest person we have on the show. When we talk about this Loza blocking metric, Liz, I want to ask you about a few players and how it might apply to them sure. in this week's matchups. Let's talk about Tua Tungavailoa taking on the San Francisco 49ers this week. What does the LBM have to say about Tua? Well, Tua presents with the seventh worst matchup in terms of pass blocking this week, week per the LBM. So I also just want to say that uh, the Loza blocking metric is a, bla- it's a great starting place, right? It sure. doesn't mean that it's a blanket solution. It means that, oh, here's a discrepancy. Let's dig into this and talk about injuries and, you know, number of weeks that this has occurred, et cetera. But I do think when you see Tua Tungavailoa facing, going to Levi Stadium to face Stefania's 49ers, you're like, oh, wow, that's like a bit of a matchup for him because the 49ers defense has been absolutely fire. I will say, though, Tua is like a not tall king serving all of the I told you so vibes. Like he has Mm -hmm. recorded a hat trick in three of his last five. The haters will say those were tomato cans. And that's not like an inaccurate statement. Um, But this is going to be a test for Tua and Mike McDaniel, who's in a delicious revenge spot. I think that when we're noting the elite weapons that he has at his avail, he's probably a low-end QB1 in that QB10 to 12 range because of the matchup. And let's be honest, this is a player that we're worried about getting sacked so much, and he's coming off of a four-sack game. And obviously, the 49ers know how to generate all the pressure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is a, a big thing that the 49ers are into, obviously, generating pressure on quarterbacks. In fact, in all facets of the defense, I still have Tua. You haven't met 11. I haven't met nine. I didn't realize that I love Tua so much this week and that you hate Tua so much this week, Liz. I had no idea. However, everything you're saying makes I don't hate him. I just called him a not <laughs> tall king serving all the I told you so vibes. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I didn't all say right. short king, by the way, because he's cleared six feet. So. Oh, you know. wow. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Alva Kamara taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have him as my running back 14, Liz, but Kamara has absolutely had some down weeks here the last couple weeks in a row. What does the Loza blocking metric have to say about him in this matchup? He has the ninth worst matchup in terms of run blocking this week. But I ask you, Daniel, what is Alvin Kamara's superpower? Catching passes. 
That's right. So that's kind of where he bails you out. He's been really inefficient um, as a rusher on the season, not just the past few weeks, let's be honest. He has a 3.9 true yards per carry rate. That's RB48. Um, and then, you know, he's been buoying his fantasy stock via the passing game. He's managing a top three target share of over 20% and a top two route, part- route participation percentage of over 63%. He'll have that extra day to shake off the two-fumble effort that I'm sure he'd like to forget oh, from yeah. last Sunday. Um, last Sunday, And here's where, like, the Loza blocking metric is interesting, but also when we're looking at the matchup, we have to note the fact that Antoine Winfield Jr. exited the Bucks contest last week early. And the last time he missed time, weeks eight and nine, earlier in the season, I looked back at how the opposition's rushing efficiency was. Now, in week eight, that was the Kenyon Drake game where he ended as the RB20 for the week, depending on your scoring systems. The following week, week nine, was when Daryl Henderson, of all people, had a season-high rushing total of 56 yards. It's 56 yards. That's super gross. But it's also the Rams. So if, and this is the key because obviously there's an extra day, if Antoine Winfield Jr. were to miss time, I think that you can maybe expect a tiny bump in Kamara's efficiency. Uh, Regardless, we know that he's going to see some work in the passing game. Absolutely. And of course, with all that passing game work, regardless, even in the running game, they're going to try to give him the ball. We'll see how efficient and effective they can be against this Bucks defensive front. But uh, I think I'm with you here, Liz, and it's a tough one because if you have Alvin Kamara, you likely can't not start him. He's too good and where you're at, like you've got to do that. But this is everything that you're saying leads up for a very tough matchup here. So maybe lowered expectations for Alva Camara here this week. Are we lowering expectations on Damian Pierce as well? As much as I don't want this to be a negative thing, I feel like Damian Pierce has been really tough sledding lately and he gets another tough matchup, I think, this week. Okay, well, first of all, I don't think we need to lower expectations any more than the last two weeks. Right? Oh, that's, that's those are pretty abysmal showing. Yes. So I think our expectations have been lowered unless people are still living in some optimistic world about his past two performances, in which case, please tell me what you're eating for breakfast every day because I would love a spoonful of it. Past two performances really quickly, Liz, just so that other people can know. Past two weeks, sure. 16 yards on 15 carries. 17 yards on nine targets. That means what? 33 total yards over the last two games. Okay. That's Damian Pierce. Three fantasy points per week. That's gross. Just gross. It's been super gross, super gross. So there's an, uh, you know, an argument to be made that he's perhaps running out of gas. And when, You look at his matchup, the Texans have the worst matchup in terms of run blocking this week. But we also know the game script is not going to go his way. That's certainly been an issue for much of the season for the Texans. Um, They opened as seven-point underdogs against the Browns. Um, I do think, though, there are moments in which the Browns are leaky versus the run, particularly uh, particularly on tackles between... Uh, particularly in runs between the tackles. They've had trouble defending rushers who come up the middle. And Damian Pierce is normally deployed that way. He's not much of an outside runner. He should be maybe because his you know outside rush rate is frankly RB13, but he's not seeing those kind of totes. So I think you're going to uh, assume there's going to be a little bit more efficiency for him. I have him projected to touch the ball maybe 16 to 18 times for around 
70, 75-ish yards. So he's, you know, a low-end RB2 for fantasy purposes. Hopefully with a couple of receptions in there, maybe he falls into the yeah. end zone. Damian Pierce can help Savage a decent fantasy day. Still the lead back, though, in that offense, and this is one of those things. He doesn't really have a lot of competition for carries, and so when you're looking at running backs that you're going to trust in fantasy and you're looking for volume, it's hard to be able to get away from Damian Pierce in spite of how bad the last two weeks have been. Liz, let's talk about one more player here, and that's Garrett Wilson, who... For me, I have this Venn diagram or, or whatever, however you do this diagram thing. It's like, is Zach Wilson starting? If the answer is yes, then I bench Garrett Wilson. If it's not Zach Wilson, then I'm starting Garrett Wilson. Is that, is that too antiquated? Is that too like, like binary to be able to say that's how I'm looking at my Garrett Wilson situation? Listen, we are living in complicated times. So when you can find simplicity, lean into it, friend, you know? I, I have, I, like, here's what I will say about Garrett, Garrett Wilson. I have regained my confidence in Garrett Wilson since Zach Wilson was benched. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the same page as you. Joe Flacco unlocked him at the top of the season, and Mike White just freed him from the shackles of fantasy mediocrity once again. We are loving all of it. Um, the Vikings are obviously a great matchup. Minnesota has allowed the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers over the last four weeks. I have him in my wide receiver 20 range. Also, would you believe that assumedly as the, as with Mike White as the starter, the, um, the Jets are just three point underdogs. So that makes me think there's going to be a good amount of back and forth, especially given the kind of pace that Minnesota plays at. All right, Liz, we got a bunch of social questions because people want to hear specifically from you. They were like, Liz Loza is on today, Daniel. We don't really want you to answer these questions. We want Liz to answer all of our questions. So I'm going to throw these questions at you without Kyle Sapi here. First question comes from Tony Bertolini. D-Hop is on by this week. I'm deciding between Christian Watson, Josh Palmer, and Garrett Wilson in PPR. What are your thoughts? If we just talked about Garrett Wilson. Can I just say this? Like I have Garrett Wilson as, as my wide receiver 20. I think you do too. I like yep. him out of all of the three yep. here. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's PPR, you want to think about volume. Christian Watson, I think has only been catching like four receptions per week for the past three weeks, I believe. Um, and while those have been big plays, it's not a voluminous play. Garrett Wilson is clearly the Jets, um, wide receiver one. And again, the matchup is so stellar for him. I am totally with you. Christian Watson has not had more than four receptions in any of the last three games that he has scored more than 20 fantasy points. And it's because he is catching long passes and getting in the end zone. And I would rather trust Garrett Wilson, I think this week. All right. Brendan Thomas wants to know who would you start at quarterback Lamar Dak or Deshaun Watson? So I have Lamar, who's at, who's facing Denver at home, um, and Deshaun Watson in his debut against Damian Pierce's team, his former team, back-to-back in my rankings. I think I would lean Deshaun Watson because of the matchup. There might be, you know, an argument for Rust, but the schedule makers have made it intriguing enough that with the revenge factor, I'm not sure I'm worried about the 703 days that Watson will have missed. So I I think I would probably, especially, you know, if you are on, if you're trying to get into the playoffs, like this is your moment to go big, right? Don't, don't stay small right here. Um, I I think you have to, you've been holding on to Watson this long. You got to play him. 
I feel if you have been holding on to him this long, then then I can understand that feeling. I still think I would go with Lamar this week, and it's because of the fact that you just said seven hundred and three games since the last time that he or days since the last time that he, he played a football game. So like I, I realize that these guys, all NFL players, it's like it's not like they forgot how to play football. But I do wonder, you know, in this spot with where we're at, and it's tough because it's not like Lamar is is just crushing it either. You know, Lamar has been in a slump himself when you're asking this question. So it's a very fair question asking this. I just think that for me, I would rather still have Lamar Jackson and say, like, let this quarterback get one game in, knowing he hasn't played in the last two years before I start throwing him into my fantasy lineup. I think that's where I'm at. Oh, boy, that's tough, though. That's tough to go back and forth. That's a really close mm-hmm. question, Brennan. It really is. Uh, Omar wants to know Gus Edwards for Dallas Goddard. I'm pretty good on running back and I have Fryermuth as my number two, as my tight end. And I'm the number two seed for the playoffs. Would you trade Gus Edwards for Dallas Goddard? I mean, on paper, that sounds great. Like get rid of Gus Edwards. You're basically trading one banged up player for another banged up player. Um, you're not going to see, I don't think Dallas Goddard is expected back until week 15 and he's dealing with the shoulder issue. Yeah, I mean, but you, but Gus Edwards is in a timeshare, and who knows about like how if, how much his knee is going to be able to handle given the trajectory of the year. So if, if you want a backup tight end behind Fryermuth, I think it's okay. And I guess like the injury for injury decision is a bit of a wash. Yeah, Would you agree I, with that. I think yes, yes, and I think that you're sort of you're looking at it the same way that I am. Like it doesn't feel like a super strong trade, but if you want to make this deal to give you another player, I guess I would probably feel more if Dallas Goddard was healthy. I would have more confidence yeah. in starting Dallas Goddard in my fantasy lineup than I probably would Gus Edwards. Understanding all the things, especially with J.K. Dobbins potentially on the on his way back, like this is a, a thing I'm not totally sure about. Well, he's giving Edwards, and we. I think this is when, like, real football comes into play for your fantasy analysis, right? Because if J.K. Dobbins is potentially coming back and the Baltimore Ravens are eyeing the postseason, they might want to preserve Edwards and Dobbins as much as possible, right, um, and not really lean into running them too hard. Meanwhile, we know the Eagles are going to are wanting to manage a postseason run, so I think there's probably excitement for Goddard's return. Like, you want to get him back as soon yep. as possible, and because they're just such different different positions, you know, with different roles in the offenses. So I think probably, like, I'd rather have a, a potentially hurt Dallas Goddard, an on-the-mend, I should say, Dallas Goddard, over Gus Edwards, where Gus he is Edwards. right now. Assuming that the rest of your running backs are fine and it's not the only, like, the last bit yeah. of running back depth that you have, I'm totally with that move. All right, Brian P. wants to know, a Pokemon sweater is fire, Liz. Who's your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> Uh, Charmander. Charmander. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is that is that because it's your favorite Pokemon or is that your child's favorite Pokemon? And so it's also your favorite Pokemon. No, it's because she breathes fire, baby. All right. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, we have one more question. Austin Vo wants to know who should I bench out of these guys? <clears throat> it's a little bit of a humble brag, Austin. Justin Jefferson, yeah. Chris Godwin, Jalen Waddle, or T Higgins. Congratulations, you have a very good wide receiving court. I would bench. No kidding, right? Well, Jalen Waddle. Uh, who? I mean, I, it's hard for me to say. I mean, imagine if Jamar Chase is back, then maybe. 
So I'm look I, to me, if Marshawn Lattimore is back, then you want to start Godwin because you know that Lattimore is going to come back from injury to face off against his nemesis, Mike Evans, which should open things up for Godwin. Yep. Um, Waddle's in a tough matchup, but he's Jalen Waddle. He's going to waddle his way all over the end zone, most likely. T. Higgins' volume could take a hit with um, the return of Jamar Chase, but he's been such a stud in the red area of the field. Regardless, it's hard to um, to bench him. So I, I don't know. I, I guess it's gotta be I, I guess I'd probably say it's got to be Jalen Waddle for you. Yeah, I think that's the way I'm leaning just because of the matchup issue. I have Godwin at 17 against San Francisco. Sorry, I have Waddle 17 against San Francisco. I have Chris Godwin at 16 taking on New Orleans. And as a part of this, I, maybe I'm reading into this too much, but Mike Evans and that Marshawn Lattimore shadow is legit. I expect Chris Godwin to be heavily totally. used within this game. And so when I'm choosing between yeah. those two guys, it feels like Waddle, for all that he is and that is awesome, it's just like I, I'm, I'm choosing Chris Godwin. But hey, what There's do you also... Like Tyreek, Tyreek Hill, right, knows San Francisco pretty well, right? Mm. There have been some moments between those two. So I think he might be, he's going to be the receiver that could probably uh, get the better of that secondary, which might leave Waddle a little out in the cold. And we've already talked about how it's not a good matchup for Tua and the passing game in general. Liz, I'm going to put on my cheese head for Kyle Soppy here to close out the show because <laughs> Kyle usually does cereal oh, bets. No. That's how we do things. We bet a box of cereal. So what's the spread <laughs> on this Bears-Packers game? I don't know what the spread is. I haven't wanted to look because I don't know if Justin I- Fields <laughs> is playing. Um, <laughs> right. Actually, I just looked it up. So the over-under is 43 and a half. That's Ugh. a barn burner. And um, the Packers are only four-point favorites. But I imagine that's because Aaron Rodgers is, like, coming back to own the Bears again for, like, the eighth time in a row or some – I don't know, whatever the statistic is. I don't need to remember it. I am a little bit – like, I, I kind of don't want Justin Fields to return. The Bears' record is three and nine. Um, I, I don't – Matt Eberflus has like purposefully and intentionally dismantled this defense, which has been great for fantasy matchups to teams opposing the defense. Mike White, perfect example. But I don't, I want the draft picks, right? To replace all of the big defensive players that we have gotten rid of or traded away. And so I kind of don't want Justin Fields to like get hurt. There's no really real reason. I mean, I have him in fantasy in a bunch of places, so that's a bummer, but. Yeah, my best Am I really supposed to, to make a bet with Kyle? Yeah, yes, if you I have win, to. If I win, do I get a box? A box of cereal. Do I get a box of Eberflakes? Can I have a box of frosted Eberflakes as my as my prize? I'm sure we'll figure out a way to be able to make that work. You want to do straight up or you want to take the spread, Liz Loza? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, asterisk. If, if Justin Fields plays, I will take the Bears to cover. Okay. How about that? That's fair. So we'll have Kyle, if Justin Fields doesn't play, then we'll say it's a moot point uh, yeah. because the Green Bay Packers are going to beat them. How many points would I have to give you if Justin Fields doesn't play for you to say that you're going to make that bet? Ten point spread. Ten more. Ten yeah. More. So fourteen <laughs> Ten more points. I need double digits. Yeah. Also, like the Packers are getting healthy, they might even get Romeo Dobbs back this week. They're Eddie Jackson. Um, is out for the Bears, <laughs> and meanwhile, like they're they're getting less healthy, and the Packers are getting more healthy. It's a mess. All right, if the Packers beat the Bears, 
uh, by more than four points, then you owe Kyle Sapi a box of cereal. If also, if the right, that's how that works. And then the reverse is true. Kyle mm-hmm. will send you a box of Eberflakes if the Bears beat the yes. Packers or if they lose by less than four. That's our cereal bet here for Fantasy Focus. That's how we like to have fun on this show. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on a Wednesday. Realize this is a very long show, but we love being able to do this with you guys. For Liz, Field, and Stefania, and the rest of our crew behind the scenes, we love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Please be kind to yourself. You earned that. We love you. We can't wait to see you tomorrow. We'll see you on the Thursday show. It's no secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you. Alliance fan through and through With the hippest beard I'm telling you